Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. This is Season 2, Episode 6, Paris is Burning. Hey everyone, I'm Andrew. My name is Eric. And uh, today we have returning guest Eric Pierre Allen. Oui, oui, on s'en rit. Au revoir. Eric Pierre Allen. Comment ça va, ça va? Famously French. <laughs> that doesn't know any French, sorry. That's Japanese. <laughs> Eric is fluent. Are you fluent in Japanese? Yes, I am. Hey! Where I talk to the tuition dollar bills to that, okay? That's what my student debt says. (laughs) I spent the coin. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, And then today we are reviewing Paris is Burning, which I'm really excited to talk about. Uh, how have you been, Eric? I haven't talked to you in a while. What's the gayest thing you did this week? Oh, I can go God. first if you need some time. Um, the gayest thing I did this week, it's kind of sad, but still kind of gay. But um... <laughs> everything I say for this segment is that. So you're fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> sad and gay. Yeah, sad and gay, but kind of touching. <laughs> but um, like, Andrew, as you know, my dog passed away this week and everything. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry to hear uh, and so, but like the last music we were listening to um, together was actually White Lotus, the the soundtrack. So uh, yeah, so <laughs> that was a super gay, you know, I was like, there's some really good like opera, operatic and like violin and all that kind of stuff. So just did my joyride with her and listened to that. Like we're in, uh, like we're in Sicily, you know, buongiorno. Um, but yeah, that was kind of what I did. I was like, you know, pretty, pretty gay, but uh, pretty Yeah, I, I, I do want to, I'm curious, can you elaborate on what makes the White Lotus soundtrack and listening to that specifically gay? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the, it's for the dolls. You already know, damn, like it is for, like it's at the club. I mean, then it's like, it's like first you get kind of like the club mixy, but then also it's like the music you can listen to while sipping on like, like some like Pinot Grigio while you're just like listening to an opera and all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, like all the drama that's happening through the music, because I can literally listen to the soundtrack and I just know what's happening throughout like the entire show. Just by looking at that, like, y'all know that was good, 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 good. It was this season was for the dolls. Yeah, we should probably do White Lotus on this podcast at some point. Oh yeah, can I, for sure. Can, can I do my impression of the theme song for y'all? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's pretty good. Love, that sounds like it. I love to do it. <laughs> That's my favorite activity ever since that little program came out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if y'all have seen like the TikTok when it's like the person's like, it's like the first time you're listening to, to this theme song on, on episode one and they're just kind of like, but then by the time like it progressively like it goes on and then by like the season finale, you're just like, Duh! like, you know, you're like, yeah, exactly. You're like partying in a living room for it. Like I definitely, I had that kind of moment too. They are literally playing this song in gay clubs. In the like club. they're playing remixes in gay clubs. <laughs> Eric's like, yeah. Uh, Eric Martinez, what was the gayest thing you did this week? The gayest thing I did this week was call out of work on the season my bed. <laughs> I called out of work. Did you have an iced coffee? Sleep. Are you calling gay men lazy? <laughs> I didn't have an iced coffee. That actually is part of a gay discourse. I don't drink iced coffee. Don't oh. kill me. <laughs> oh. I drink hot coffee. 
no matter how it, I feel like it's like you know how like gay people drink iced coffee even in like the coldest of winters. Yes, ma'am. I drink piping hot even in the hottest of summers. Like I can't. There's oh, something about iced coffee, except for iced matcha. I I'm an iced matcha girl. That's the gayest <laughs> thing I probably had this week. <laughs> Yes, I would say the gayest thing I did was sleep a lot on my day off. I call that, I, I would say that's pretty gay to call out an hour before you're supposed to go in. Oh no. <laughs> like, hey, sorry, babe, I can't make it. <laughs> hey, babe, sorry. Um, There's this like. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> babe, God. <laughs> there's something going around with us gay people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's like something different. It's not monkeypox this time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that is so funny for like, I can't come in, I have monkeypox. Right. <laughs> Andrew, uh, what's the gayest thing you did with me? I downloaded Hinge and like made a profile and I've been sw- oh. uh, like liking people. I like just downloaded it, so I'm still like waiting for my matches Whoa. to roll in. Okay. Our girl's girl looking for love. Well, it's because I talked to this really cute guy at my gym, and um, and he like mentioned that he met his current boyfriend online, and he's like, um, he's like, I've never met a boyfriend in real life ever. He's never met a boyfriend IRL. Every boyfriend he's had, he's gotten online. I was like, dang, okay, must be nice. I made a profile that night. (laughs) (laughs) Did you do? Did you? I've been reluctant, but have you did like the voice? part where you can do a voice memo no i i should i should though right i have a nice voice right listeners <laughs> eric martinez is shaking his head no i'm saying no to the voice memo thing <laughs> i think i think girl people, people argue they're like oh yeah just so people can know what my voice sounds like i'm like no they're gonna get that on the first date they're not gonna exactly. get that right away or like, talking on the song i'm a phone yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I will say I I did go on a Tinder date years ago where like five seconds in, like after hearing him speak, I was like, oh, I'm not into this at all. And that, did you that know? name start with a D? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't remember his name. Why? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking. I mean, hey, I know. Eric is I know, cracking up. <laughs> I have. I have. An, all right. I did not mean it like that. Oh, all right. No, 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 I, no just like, thought, I just. Oh, <laughs> it's so it's so funny the way you have someone in mind. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, girl, me too. <laughs> I was like, hold on, let me go through my Rolodex. <laughs> Gosh, this was a long time ago when I like I just listened to a podcast that of like that was like, if you want success, you just have to do it a bunch and a bunch and a bunch. So it's like they're like, if you go on a bunch of dates, you'll find someone. So I was like, all right, I'll go on a date a week, and I did two of them, and they were both bad. And I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Are y'all gonna watch that new that new show? I think it starts this week. The real how the real gaze of Hollywood or of something Leo, like that. Or yeah, we were talking about this last week. I, I I'll I'll see what's up. I'll watch. It's yeah. also it's also interesting because like Todrick is kind of a controversial oh, figure in the gay community. Yes. For the purpose of not trashing a fellow queer man on our podcast, large portions of the following segment have been redacted. Yeah, I mean, I think well, one he's just. A- that you just don't need to be saying on TV, especially. This is why I would not be on Big Brother. And you know, he just. I don't know who your PR people are. And then there's also allegations that he. And that he was. Oh, yeah. And then I just heard in general. You know, that's just a sprinkle. <laughs> we're eating. We're eating. You didn't, well. hear, you didn't hear from me. 
Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. There. I'm good. <laughs> That's it. <Yeah>. Possibly. Is <laughs> <laughs> there that happens? <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about Paris is Burning. Um, so how did y'all find out about this movie? Because this movie came out before we were born. I um, do you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So I found out about it. I think it was. I don't know if it was specifically from RuPaul. No, I don't think. I think it was even before I started re- watching RuPaul like that. It was on Netflix in general, um, like our our sophomore year. And I was living in. Um, it was like over the summer sophomore year. So like what in two thousand and twelve, two thousand yeah, two thousand twelve. Because sophomore going into junior year. Uh, and so I was living like on West Campus. I was just like kind of chilling out. And then I just saw that in like the set list of like things. It was like really just like serendipitous on how I found it. And then uh, I just like watched it. And that's when, I don't know if you remember, Andrew, that's kind of when I would start wanting to Vogue and all that kind of stuff with like Demetrius and Xavier and all that. It was like, okay, because I would just like kind of like practice like all that. This is like how I really learned. What oh, really? It was from Paris's Burning that you like started? Because right. like you've been into that for as long as I can remember. Exactly. Like, because I would, and I would say, I think like I knew about voguing and all that. Like, so see when we went to like, you know, all the parties with like Demetrius and Xavier and they were like the dolls of it. And like, I just really didn't even know. I was just kind of like, God, oh, I miss, I miss that. I miss seeing the three of you together. That was so fun. You're right. Like, just, down the house down boots. And I there was that like, one time we were all sitting together at a study table and y'all just all started singing itty bitty piggy together. And it was just like magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, we had the stumping grounds. We really had, it was a, it was a moment, but yeah, I think it was because of that. I'm, and especially me being, you know, um, black and gay and like just like how like the movie like even starts off with saying like with that quote um i think that's when i really gained an appreciation for just like voguing and like and the ball scene and just uh doing that at barbarella's whenever they would literally clear out the dance floor and all and just get super crazy literally would get my workout in for about two weeks that's how i stayed a skinny legend was because of voguing honey so um but yeah, that was my very first experience from that. Uh, from that, and I, it was just I was just obsessed with it. Eric, how did you hear about this? I heard about this movie. I hadn't heard about it ever before, but I one of my majors at school was film. When I took this uh, film narrative class, I was like how to tell a story through all the different genres. And when we got to the documentary genre, this was the film that was showed at our screening. Wow, that's so cool. It was awesome. I was like, I had no idea what it was. And then I walked in and I go, what is this movie about? And then it starts playing and I go, okay, I love this. <laughs> um, and I was looking around at all like the white film bros. I was like, yeah, thank God they're watching this. Yes! Um, hey, yes! You yes. the children, baby! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> children gather up! <laughs> okay! Um, well, that's no, one thing I yeah. really am impressed yeah. about with this movie is I was reading about its reception, and so just like context of when it came out, right? This came out in the 90s. It was filmed in the 80s, came out in the 90s, or came out in 1990, 
And so this puts us at now. I don't think this is in like major theaters or anything, but still, this it was 15 years before Brokeback Mountain. I remember when Brokeback Mountain came out. That felt like like a serious. Oh, yeah. like, whoa, there's a gay movie like like that. That was just like groundbreaking. So the fact that this is like predates that by 15 years is is mind blowing. We grew up in the 90s. We know it was not a friendly time for for gay people right like i think the f slur like started in the 90s it's it's like uh, i was was probably around before that but i feel like that's when it got like popular (laughs) uh so this movie like being able to achieve such a critical acclaim is like such a testament to how good it was Mm -hmm. um and then what's also interesting is that this movie is cited as a key film in both independent cinema and queer cinema. So it's not just like, oh, this is a groundbreaking queer movie. It was also just groundbreaking in general, um, just because like independent cinema wasn't necessarily like as big of a thing. And so this was like an in- piece of independent cinema that was just so good that like, as Eric said, like it's being used in film classes, like, and mm-hmm. like, we know from this podcast, like the film and entertainment industry is not classically queer friendly, right? So the fact mm-hmm. that this piece is so good that even in those circles, it's gained such notoriety and is used in film class as an example is like just astounding. Like I, I'm extremely impressed. Yeah, they, in my class, it was it was awesome because they the teacher was talking about how they just tell such a good story where the person who's like behind the camera isn't necessarily like you don't necessarily hear a lot from the person asking questions to people. They like right. ask the questions and it's more so honed in on just the queer people talking and it's like it, it just tells such a nice, cool narrative and a slice of life way. Like it was, it's such a good movie. I swear. Uh, so first of all, voguing was such an unknown thing. And I would say it was like different kind of ebbs and flows of voguing. Because first it was like very underground. Then you have like Madonna with Vogue and every like, mm-hmm. like the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like, you know, it was just like, you know, the big Madonna times and everything. And then probably, you know, maybe like died down kind of a little bit more kind of underground like still kind of like a subset but then yeah as you were saying like definitely like with like rupaul and all that now you're seeing like random like you know the you know like you you scroll through your tiktok or instagram you know there's always like beat the beat the beat the beat beat, beat, you know i wanted to talk about that the um anitra's dance is like well, oh, first of all, <laughs> was amazing. But second of all, yeah, everyone is talking about it. It's like straight people are talking about it. Gay people are talking about it. Right. Yeah, especially now that uh, they moved over, they moved it over to MTV. I think that's also like, it's crazy, like kind of like the progression of like RuPaul and just seeing how ballroom culture is slowly going to like the masses. Like first, RuPaul was on logo, you know, very kind of subset. Then they moved to VH1 bigger like bit of like our larger culture and now with this move to rupaul being on mtv it's like now we're going to start seeing and hopefully rupaul like kind of continues like because even in the show he refers to like the movie like pretty so often like hopefully usually maybe once or uh, once in like um like in the in the season usually like in the reading challenges or something like that you know in the name of paris is burning or x y and z he'll like you know, introduce something. So I think um, all of it's kind of, it's kind of amazing seeing how this film has, is being like 
there's like these really big moments in like current pop culture that really can be traced down to exactly like this documentary. Yeah, I don't think I was aware of like just how much of an impact this film had on the things you see now in today's world. It's like, because yeah, a lot of that stuff, like people are referencing that film. So even though a lot of people haven't seen it, and this is my first time seeing it, I was like, Oh, but like, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um, The Devil Wears Prada, where it's like, it doesn't matter that you only just think it's a color blue, like you are being impacted by all of this. Uh, That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. So like, whether you realize it or not, this film is impacting what you see today. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, to like our even like regular vernacular that we use, like, oh, you know, she's being shady. You, yes. know, you know, I mean, like literally regular queer vernacular, like, oh, no, honey, turn back the time, baby. It all started with wall. And then from wall, it was from Princess Bernie, because that's how all the dwarves found out about it. The dwarves and everything, you know, that's so. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to mention that, too, which is why I'm really glad we're reviewing this piece, because I think there has been renewed discussion of gay vernacular or what gay people claim is gay vernacular and gay slang which actually originates from well and that's kind of where the debate is right because we use words like uh, you know read shade like yeah slay queen whatever mm -hmm. and so i was actually in a cut video where they uh interviewed lesbian people about gay people and gay people about lesbian people and they asked me they're like where does gay slang come from uh, and so my answer was like, I think a lot of people get it from RuPaul's Drag Race, but that's not, you know, it's like where it came before that, like, yeah. I don't really know. But I think thinking on it, it's like, well, I'm pretty sure it came, as you said, from like the drag ball scene. And maybe there's places where it came before that, too. But like, it's we'll get into this when we review the film. But like, you see so many of these terms in this movie, which came out in 1990, right before I was born. And so even though some of these phrases have just like entered my vernacular mm -hmm. recently or my stream of consciousness recently it's like damn these have been these terms have been around for a while right yeah the, yeah because it's like yeah it was in the 90s well it was released in the 90s it was released in 90s so yeah definitely well into the 80s obviously that they're like you yeah. know 80s or 70s possibly like a lot of like the people in the film are like a bit older so like yeah 70s possibly even 60s like i wonder that'd be like such an interesting study to see exactly because yeah we're you know we're seeing it like oh RuPaul's like our frame of reference like currently Paris like Paris is burning there but like what goes like from there like yeah what's like the actual you know the Roman uh dead language kind <laughs> of <you know? laughs> the Latin etymology you know <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's probably about time that we watch this movie. Any other thoughts going into this before we take off? No, I'm Lay sure. Mama. Yeah. <laughs> Slay Mama. Yes, ma'am. Honey down. Boop. All right. Let's watch the movie. Woo! At this point, we watched Paris is Burning, a documentary about queer, black, and Latino ballroom culture in New York during the 1980s. The film interviews and follows members as they participate in elaborate drag balls organized by houses and compete for trophies in various categories such as realness, face, and voguing. The film also explores the themes of poverty, racism, and homophobia that the community members face, as well as the community they find with their houses. The film ends with the news that one of the house members, Venus Extravaganza, a trans woman who would work as an escort, has been strangled to death. All right, we are back. Yes, ma'am. Man. Back, back, back again. 
I was in tears at the end of that movie. Oh, they they really said, "Here's a like." He, he, they're like, enjoy this queer family now. Cry at the end. Oh yeah, for real. I was just like, well, well, damn. It was, and it was like, especially with my favorite people too. Like, I, which I guess that's what makes it, and I guess why I really love about this film. It's like, I mean, it's real. You it's know? real, exactly. That's, and that's just how it was back in the day. Like before, we really even had really good medication for HIV and everything before we really had good ways of even like, I mean, still to this day, like, um, you know, our trans community is like one of the most like, you know, in like endangered, um, you know, communities that we have. And I mean, this is, and that's like still now, even with all like the security and all that kind of stuff that we have currently, just imagine like, you know, in the eighties and all that kind of stuff in New York city with impoverished people, like, and yeah. it was like crazy how the mom, how the mom, Angie, she was like, you know, that's just how, you know, like she's, she had to identify, you know, the body and she was like, that's just how it is. And I was like, that's, it was very sobering. Um, yeah. I think that's probably the best way of putting it. Yeah. Venus extravaganza is, she's so likable and she's so sweet and like, it's, it's, it's truly like a movie ending and it's, it's so yeah. sad that it's real. And I think it like, I feel like if I was watching this and it was a fictional movie, I would almost think it was like, maybe think it was overdone or dramatized, but it's like, no, that was like just dead ass real. And it's, <laughs> and it's especially sad because they have the clip where she's talking about all her dreams of what she wants to do in her life. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. When they're doing, when they're doing like the double take between her and then, and uh, um, I forgot her name, who wants to also be the model. And they're just like going on yeah. like, yeah, what they want to be. And, the aspiration and dreams and like something that we're all kind of striving for. Yeah. I mean, it was, Oh my gosh. It's really sad. In general, I, I didn't realize how, um, I guess how trans this movie was, how many trans um, people there were in this documentary and like how huge a part um, trans people were in the New York ball scene. That was something I was unaware of. Right. And um, I don't know if y'all know, kind of like this was actually also like a big take as to why, you know, like sorry to even bring it back to RuPaul again, but for the longest time he was getting flack for not really having trans like contestants on RuPaul because it's like the whole i like the irony of it all is that like you know kind of ballroom like transform it's like to like has a big big input into drag and all that kind of stuff and you just see kind of how intrinsically drag ball all of that culture is has been rooted with our you know with our trans sisters and brothers out there um and who actually really have like who really are like the mothers and the fathers to like people in these communities and that like in kind of like the audacity of RuPaul to not really allowing like from a while ago not really allowing uh trans contestants to be on but now you know she's turned a new leaf and all that but you know it was like such a you know i'm glad that you noticed that andrew because yeah it's true it's like the community was like was supported propped up like you know by trans women mostly you know Um, yeah actually i'm glad you brought that up because it's it's it's, because i remember that like controversy um but i've forgotten about it because as you said things have changed but like you know when i first read it i was like oh yeah that seems like problematic but now that i like know this additional context of like oh this isn't like a new idea let's introduce trans people to drag it's like no it's the other way around baby 
they were the, the beginning, the lifeblood of it. And like with that fact, it seems so heinous to like try and gatekeep uh, people from that. Yeah. But there was also a lot of joy and just like the, the movie in general is like, it's so eye catching because what these people are doing, they're these huge characters. They have these big dreams and they're going for it and they're struggling against so much and they're finding a way to carve out this this joy and this fun mm. in this despite all this like repression it's it's phenomenal right and i mean yeah i don't know if it'll be like kind of like a good time like we can like kind of take it to the beginning of yeah, it let's go let's and, go like, yeah like i mean one of like and i kind of referenced it earlier like it's like one of the big the, the big uh points in it it's like and i think the overarching thing is the battle of oppression like a battle against op- oppression and they like start the film saying like you know you, it's hard out here being gay it's hard out here being black but then you're gonna be black and gay you got it really 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 hard but then it's like kind of despite that fact how everyone makes like you know yeah th- despite that it's like these people who are determined hell bound to being like themselves and to um and to be unapologetically who they are and if you have a problem with that you know what we're gonna make our own family uh we're gonna make our own houses we're gonna make our own community um and so i think that's just like i love that's how like they really like first they give you this like kind of very dramatic beginning but then it like it's like then you see Peppa LaBeja, you know, she's like, I am Peppa. I love how, like, for each time, it is so dramatic. Like, like, oh, I actually have a fan, too. It's oh, like, no. <laughs> like, like, each time it starts, my I'll name, look at, is, look at my you name that is Peppa LaBeja, and I am the mother of the house of LaBeja. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I live, they know it's so camp, and it's so just, like, but at the same time, you know, they're being, like, it's amazing, like, oh, I don't know, it's such a good intro to how everything is i mean all the different houses i mean how would y'all first like when it oh, started yeah. you are immediately yeah. hooked in with like an emotional connection of like oh these people are struggling and they are <laughs> like not st- struggling isn't the right word uh these people are being hit with a lot of mm-hmm. of prejudice of like it's just constant and like yeah here they are mm-hmm. yeah it made me when it started and they just immediately dived into like the emotional connection of like this is family like we are here together we are family like just immediately made me very emotional and even in the moments where i remember when they were talking about voguing and how i think it, it was voguing how it derived was came from like people getting into like a fight essentially like and they would like vogue at each other even in that moment where they were explaining that there was a scene between two queens like practicing voguing and no that touching even, no touching no t- and there was even like familial like celebration within that moment it was just there was so much celebration and love across the board and there was even like even in like the drama between the houses like they were talking about like there's a lot of drama there's fighting it's like that's because they care so much and like Mm want to be like the best of what they do and they still no matter what other course support each other in this art form and it yeah i got emotional Uh, i watched it at work and i got emotional Yeah, and it is really interesting how, like, they compare it to gangs, but it's like, in gangs, this would be violence, and this would be bad, and, like, also saying how, like, there is a high to this kind of performance, but it's not a high that's going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know, it's funny, yeah, I love how, like, uh, Darian had said, uh, he was, like, the one, he's, like, not the mother of the house, but, you know, uh, Darian Corey, 
um, how he was like, you know, if, uh, what was it? Um, if, uh, if we did more balls and less drugs, the world would be a happier place mm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I was like, I mean, that'd be, that's like, you know, I guess it kind of goes to that, to that part. It's like, you know, I don't know, you can really find your happy place here, even though there might be like some drama or whatever, but I mean, you know, life is always better with a little bit of spice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh-huh. I was going to say, they constantly intercut. It's like um, mm. scene of a ball interview, scene of a ball interview. But like just throughout the movie, they're always showing the ball. And it's it's so high energy. It's actually kind of intimidating. Like, it's just like in big, in your face. Like uh, right. I, I feel like that is in a way, I wonder if I really kind of like got into it like that. Because at least it's gay and I understand. But it's like, and I love like, I mean, I like super bowls and all that kind of stuff and like i kind of i get into the super bowls whenever it is but in a way this was like seeing oh i could imagine why they said in a movie this is like the gay super bowl for them yeah, yeah. you know like i mean especially back then i you know one i'm imagining super bowls and all that weren't really even kind of queer oriented or anything like that you know they probably had like some like halftime performances now it's a little different you know now we have rihanna about to show up. <laughs> Look, now they're making the super bowl for the dolls but <laughs> but you know you're thinking back in like you know we're gonna the- be like what's the gayest thing you did this week watch the super bowl <laughs> oh yeah that is about to be it girl the gay event of the century. It's the about Bowl. to be for real. Do they still let straight people watch that, right? Like, um, are y'all even allowed? Like, y'all need to leave the building during the halftime. Like, <laughs> so they make this show longer and longer, and like the football halves shorter. And shorter. It's like that joke where it's like, can't believe all these guys are playing football while Rihanna's performing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, like, you can just imagine, like, back then, like, really, when you're seeing, like, kind of, like, especially just, like, o- the overall media, it was just so hetero, you know? Like, Mm-mm-mm. and I think this is, like, really, like, a place where you could live, I mean, quite quite honestly, and they kind of re- refer to it here, live the fantasy, you know? Like, like just live the fantasy, girl, you know? So, <laughs> I was going to ask y'all, actually, with that being said, which one, what would y'all walk in a ball? Oh, Andrew wanna... is Butch Queen first time in drag. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I would Butch like Queen have... first time walking in a ball. That was <laughs> so funny, and then they just show all these like men in wigs. And I'm like, right, yes, that, exactly. that's that's me. More, would... that's a man. <laughs> <laughs> What's the shot? What is the shot where she's like, it's Butch Queen pulling, Dude, pull, slowly saying, pulling around. Yeah, it's Butch Queen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Butch Queen pulling the wig off. Oh, the I was like, she had a long, she had a long day at work, baby. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Eric, which one would you do? I don't know which one I would do at all. I feel like if I were ever to be at a ball, it's in the same way when I'm at a RuPaul's Drag Race watch party and like they're they're doing the runway and I'm always that bitch yelling. It's like I'm like, what's the category again? Like that's gonna be me at the ball, be like, what is this category? I mean, you can give me, you can definitely give me like the, uh, I love the category. I think the two I feel like I would have like done pretty well in were the schoolboy slash schoolgirl. Oh realness. my God, yes. You know, like when you, whenever they just took the book out and just started reading, I'm like, yeah, the yeah. Yale sweatshirt. <laughs> it was yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. He literally just sat on the ground with okay. his book and people screamed. <laughs> They're like, yes. Was that also the one where he stood on the chair and the fan was blowing? 
banging him and he was like <laughs> do you know was that the same category when when he went up on the stage and then he went to go sit down and yeah, 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 yeah 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 exactly okay yeah. Like... and then uh and then i also think executive realness i think i could play that pretty well but you know oh, oh of course 100%. i mean she is McCombs, baby <laughs> literally someone can be anything any point it's just especially back then you know the privilege that um you know certain classes had at the time really didn't present the opportunity for people of you know my complexion to be up there but hey you know at least now we're in better days and like i'm really glad and that's what it was really inspirational too kind of like in the point that like i don't know for me how like when i was in college and watching this is like you know what hey really just go for eric don't let like x y and z really try to drag you down it's kind of like gave me that same revive that ironically enough legally blonde kind of gave to me <laughs> no, way. <laughs> no way if there is an antithesis that, i was getting so emotional as you were speaking and then you said legally blonde and it caught me so off guard <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it gave me that same hit like that's beautiful like, you know, what? Yeah, like it's I mean, hard. <laughs> you know, people like to underestimate you and all that, but given the opportunity, you can really, you know, a lot of people can rise to occasion. That's why you never really judge a book by its cover, you know. Um, so I think that's definitely something I really loved about this film a lot. Oh my gosh, but I think definitely one of the best scenes is whenever they finally give you the explanation on what shade and reading is. Yes. So it was so funny. She was like, shade came from reading. Now reading came first. And then it cuts to like Venus being like, uh, uh, whenever she's like, uh, <laughs> so we're like, so I heard that you had a psychological change in your life. And then it's like, I guess she went back to being a man. <laughs> oh, you went back to be a man. Like, I well, mean, I was just like, <laughs> like, you know, you're just an overgrown orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> Those kind of like quippets and just like that attitude of just like, also, I don't know. That's, and I think, Andrew, you can be, you can, you know, let me know if this is right or not. I don't, I, I feel like that's like how our friendship is. Like, whenever we're just kind of like having fun or being like silly with each other, it's like literally in that kind of same cadence. Um, just like, oh, so you want to read, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, we even like, I feel like, change our like voices to kind of back to like how like that octave and like, oh, yes, man, like, hold on, like, wait, let me put my glasses on because I'm about to really go in on a girl. I need to let her know. Oh my god! Or if we see some trade, it's like, who is that? Who, who is she, honey? <laughs> She swears she a top, but she walk like bottom, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's the read, baby. <laughs> no, you don't even the, the shade. No, the the shade would be the shade would be saying, "Oh, she swear." That's all. Just saying that. <laughs> it's like you're, you know, like whenever because she was like. I don't need to tell you that you're ugly because you know that you are ugly. <laughs> now that shake, the reading's actually like going in, like, oh no, you're really telling like that's the whole like, oh, she swears she had time, but then she walked like she's something else, honey. So Jenny Livingston, who as far as I can tell is white, she's like this adorable white, she's 60 now, so she would have been like 40 when she was making this, but this adorable white lady <laughs> uh, who like was a very serious, you know, had studied film, uh, photography and journalism a lot. Uh, she like witnessed two people voguing in New York and were like, and using like unfamiliar vernacular and so she like approached them and talked to them and then she started like going to balls and 
and like started doing this and like she wasn't like didn't have funding at first right so she attended the paris's burning um ball uh self-funded that made a trailer and showed that to producers and was able to get funding Mm. which is one i think really a testament to how much of a spectacle and like how interesting and fascinating the ball scene was this movie would not have been made or been possible if they weren't doing such a good job of cultivating such a family, such an interesting scene. So I think it's like really cool that they did all this and had these dreams of being discovered and like through being so good at at what they were doing did get discovered. Like, Mm -hmm. and it was not an easy road and like huge props to this white lady. (laughs) Um, Because also like, as we're talking, this movie is well made. She does not interfere. She doesn't make it about her. She's, Mm -hmm. she's not even on screen the whole time. She's barely in it. Like, yeah, it's like a full immersion, quite honestly. And it like, I mean, like you were saying earlier, it's really like, it's a movie, but then at the same time, you're like, wait, that's a little dramatic movie. But then it's like, damn, this is real life. All right. Well, I think it's about that time to go into final thoughts. Uh, Eric and Eric, what were your, what are your final thoughts about this movie? Final thoughts for Paris is Burning. Slay. <laughs> I feel like that's always Repre- the first one you say. <laughs> <laughs> Representation. Heart wrenching, mm-hmm. heartwarming, mm-hmm. heart, <laughs> family, drag. Mm-hmm. And those are my final thoughts. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh I'll I'll do mine next. Um it was really good. I I felt very emotionally invested to it the whole time. And it's really interesting because it's not like your typical, hey, here's a story plot that you're gonna follow beginning, middle, and end. It's it's really just like it, it's almost all expository, but it's so interesting of a community that like you could watch it the whole time and you're just like learning and you're like, wow, I've never seen a group like this and, and learning that backstory. And it was really inspirational, especially as a gay man to like see what those people were going through in a time that's truly not that far from now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, inspiration, how far we've come. And then uh, Eric, I think it was, it was really inspiring hearing you talk about the impact this film had. Cause I knew you liked it, but I didn't realize how significant it was for you. This film, I would say is foundational. Um, just like at the time that I found this um, this film um, during my sophomore year in college, which, y'all, which I would say, you know, for a lot of us in our late teens, early 20s, um, really, I guess we're very uh, impressionable and um, and how we're going to navigate our adulthood. Uh, I think I, I'm was I think this film just means so much to me because it it has um I guess in, you know empowered me but also at the same time um made me realize one what Andrew you were saying how far we've come and maybe how far we need to um, how far we still have to go but then mm-hmm. also maintaining that um that determination and that attitude of not letting um, you know, not letting um, people like tear you down. Uh, hopefully you've seen throughout the years, Andrew, that I've kind of tried to embody as best I can at times, you know, um, truly being myself and... Um, oh, 100%. You know? <laughs> well, this has been an amazing time. Uh, thank you so much for recommending this movie to me, Eric. And I'm so glad that we did it on the pod. Oh, you know, just a little something. You know, you know I am the mother of the house of plastic (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right love you guys bye bye Bye.